Hey everybody, welcome to Dan Likes Games. My name's Dan, and as always, I like games. In this episode, I'll be talking about the Dark Cities series from Facade Games. Uh, but before I do, let's jump into some uh, news or games that have caught my eye this week, starting with some more Dune Imperium stuff. Now, I know I've talked about Dune Imperium quite a lot already on this show, but uh, this will probably be the last time for a while. So, Direwolf have announced Dune Imperium Rise of X, uh, still again designed by Paul Denon, and it is an expansion for Dune Imperium featuring two new houses, uh, sorry, three new houses with six leaders, two of each, and um, yeah, inc- add some new mechanisms uh, to the game as well. So Dune Imperium, as I've talked about it before, is a worker placement deck building game based around the Dune universe using art and style from the new movie. Uh, so this adds three new houses. You've got House Ikaz, House Verneus, and they haven't shown us what the third house will be. But it also adds Ixian technology. In the Dune universe, the Ixians were known for uh, their technological advances. They made a lot of things. Um, they created a lot of um, yeah technological things, robots, computers, uh, ships, that sort of stuff. And so this will add a bit of that into it. Uh, they've got XN technology tiles, which you can acquire, um, which will give you bonuses that when a certain thing happens, you gain a certain thing. So when you win a conflict, you gain water. Or um, at the start of the round, maybe, you get to do something. Round start, you draw a card. Uh, etc etc very little has been announced um or been teased i should should say uh but it's exciting i won't be getting this for a while obviously because i've only just got june imperium but i'm very excited uh for it and i definitely will want to add it to the collection at some point in time uh while we're talking about dire wolf and paul denon they've also announced another game from paul denon called tiled wild west and this has Little to nothing revealed about it, other than it's designed by Paul Denon, uh, and it's obviously a tile placement game of some sorts, and based in the Wild West. I'm looking forward to it, and I think I'll be keeping my eye on anything Paul Denon does from this point onwards. Clank and Dune Imperium are up in my top ten. Really great games, really love them. This looks like we'll be taking a completely different approach to those two, but it still looks good. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll still be keeping my eye on it. Alright, jumping on to uh, not a game, but something that is interesting is the Onboard Olympics. So, uh, another Dan from the UK, uh, he runs an Instagram account called Board Gamist, and he is running an event called the Onboard Olympics, 2021 Onboard Olympics. I don't know if this will become an annual thing or... Um, same as the normal Olympics every four years, but it's quite cool. If you go to his account, which will be in the description below, you can uh, see a bunch of videos and posts that he's made talking about it. Um, And what it is, is there will be a bunch of events, and there are five global judges, and each of these events will have five winners. First place, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place. And you enter these events by doing various different things. So the first one, for example, was a meeple toss. So you had to do some sort of 
meeple toss thing where you'd pick up a meeple and throw it in a cup or flick a meeple across the table into a target or something. Something you just make a 30 second long video, uh, 30 seconds or less, post it to Instagram and you're, you know, do the hashtag and everything, tag them and you're in the draw to win. And they've got some great sponsors, Blood on the Clock Tower, Bantam Planet, AEG, Garfield Games, Leader Games, Pandasaurus, Stonemaier, etc. Some of the big name publishers are sponsoring this, and it's quite exciting. I've entered, I've put up a video of my Meeple Toss, which you can go see on my Instagram, and I'll continue to participate, not just to win the games, although that would be amazing, uh, but also just because it's an awesome community and I'm glad to be a part of it. So that's exciting. You can check it out in the description below. Uh, you can join in if you've got your own Instagram account. Just post the videos. Make sure you're public so that um, board gamers can see it. And um, yeah, you'll have a chance to win some cool games. And the th third, or I guess fourth and final thing that I wanted to talk about today is a game. And it's not a new game. It's one I've had my eye on um, for a while. But it came up recently in a podcast I was listening to, and it just reminded me of it. Uh, and that is Rococo. And specifically the 2020 Rococo Deluxe Edition. Uh, Rococo is designed by Matthias Kramer, Stefan Mals, and Louise Mals. The art is done by Ian O'Toole, who is a very well-known uh, top-tier artist and graphic designer. I think he prefers to be called. Uh, he's done a lot of games in the past, and uh, the art on Rococo looks amazing. And it's published by Eagle Griffin Games. Now, in Rococo, uh, you're the owner of a distinguished tailoring business, endeavoring to increase your prestige. Each turn, you play an employee card that allows you to perform a task, such as hiring a new employee for your staff, tailing, tailoring exquisite gowns and frock coats to rent or sell, or funding some of the many decorations. However, employees are not always able to perform all tasks, so you must plan carefully how you direct them, especially as each employee grants a unique bonus etc etc so the game is all about making dresses and suits and um you're doing it in kind of oh i don't know the time period here but you know france some time <laughs> and uh, it's a very unique theme i can think of one other game that uh i've lost the name of off the top of my head but there's not a lot of games about uh, fashion and so it's quite a unique theme and it's also a well-known game it's quite a quite a popular game it's a kind of deck building hand management game as far as I'm aware the yeah you really just have to look at it. look up uh, well go into the description below to see Rococo Deluxe Edition on Board Game Geek you can see some amazing uh, pictures of the the board, the art, the components. It's got these great uh, little uh, chips, like like wooden chips and stuff. And it just it looks great. The game just looks amazing. Very. Uh, Matthias Kramer is a tried and true designer, so you know it's it's known to be. He's known to be a good designer. And yeah, it's just a very good-looking game, and I would very much at some point in time like to get it and try it out. Um, 
I think my girlfriend would like it because, well, it's quite a cool theme that I like and I would love to be able to get it at some point and play it with her, if not get it for her. Hi, Gabby, if you're listening. And yeah, that's just, I don't really know what else I'm talking about. I'm just kind of talking out of a hole in my mouth at the moment. But yeah, the Rococo Deluxe Edition by Eagle Griffin Games, it's designed by Matthias Kramer, Stephen Mouse, and Louise Mouse. I'll be, if I ever get the chance to play it, maybe at next um, Board Games by the Bay, I will definitely talk about it and let you guys know what I think. Um, other than that, let's move on to the topic of this episode. So the topic of this episode is the Dark City series by Facade Games. Now, I'm going to be talking about the series as a whole, but also each individual games. So I need to premise this by saying I have not played Salem, so I won't be talking about uh, Salem. Uh, Salem 1692. So when I talk about the series as a whole, I am excluding Salem because I haven't played it. But as far as I'm aware, it still follows the same themes and play styles of the other games. So the Dark Cities series by Facade Games. First of all, they're beautiful games. They're all designed by Travis Han- Hancock, and the art is all done by Sarah Keel, Sarah Keel and Holly Hancock. So Sarah does kind of character designs and artwork, whereas Holly does the um, uh, the more actual graphic design. Uh, so in the Dark City series, all the games uh, come in these boxes that look like books. They have magnetic snaps on them, uh, everything fits inside them uh, in their book shape, and they just look amazing. They look like books on the shelf. You can line them up and they look like a collection of books. It's quite stunning to look at, in fact. And each game will ha- has quite premium components. You've got wooden meeples uh, or stars in the second game, Deadwood, or third game, sorry. Uh, great dice, great play mats for some of the games. Really great components, just look amazing. Now with the gameplay, all of the games that follow, they're all completely different games, but they all follow a similar style of that. You're kind of working together with some people, but you're also not. <laughs> So we'll start with Tortuga 1667. In Tortuga, Tortuga, um, you are playing as a pirate, sailing the seas uh, around Tortuga and trying to collect as much gold as you can. There are three teams, only two teams if you're playing an even number of people. There's the British and the French and the Dutch. So we'll ignore the Dutch for now, but the British and the French, what you're trying to do is by the end of the game, you want there to be the most gold on your side. There's a map in the middle uh, with two ships on it and an island, and each of the ships and the island each have two treasure holds on them, one for the British, one for the French. Throughout the game, the treasure will be switching sides on each ship and on the island between the British and the French. So if you're a French, you're trying to have more treasure on the French side. If you're British, you're trying to have more treasure on the British side. If you're playing with an odd number of people, you will have a Dutch in there who is trying to have it even at the end of the game. What you're doing is you're working together with the people on your ship to try and attack 
this kind of center uh, neutral ship to gain the treasure off of that ship. Once that ship's destroyed, then you're attacking the other ship to get their treasure, etc., etc. But the other people on your ship may not be on the same team as you. You may be French, and the other people on your ship may be British. And so your captain calls for attack. You're like, yeah, let's get that treasure. But then they put it on the British side. You go, oh, okay. I think my captain's British. I don't want him to be the captain. So if you're the first mate, you might call for a mutiny. On your turn, uh, every player has the option to do actions involving the event cards. There are five face-down event cards. You can look at them, flip them over, force someone else to flip them over. Um, and when you flip them over, they will do an event, hence the name. Various ones are like a pistol. You maroon another player. You just select anybody. They're sent to the back of the line um, on Tortuga. They're just marooned. Uh, it might be a d opposite. There might be a letter of mark. Someone is unmarooned. Someone is sent from Tortuga or a rowboat to the back of one of the ships of your choice. Um, so you may choose one of those event cards as your action and do it. If you're the captain, you can call for an attack. Um, I'll explain votes later, but if you call for an attack, you have a vote. If you succeed, you attack and choose where the treasure goes. If you're the captain, you may also just maroon anybody. You can just choose someone on your ship and you go, nah, you're out, goodbye. You just kick them off the ship. If you're the first mate, you can call for a mutiny. Again, you would vote. If you're the cabin boy, so that means you're the very back of a ship, you can switch the treasure in the hold. You can move treasure from a French to a British or a British to a French. So that can be one of the handier roles because it lets you just directly move the treasure onto the side that you want. So, uh, with the, uh, the last role is the governor of Tortuga. Sorry, if you're at the front of the line on Tortuga, you are the governor of Tortuga, you can call for a brawl uh, where everyone votes and whichever side has the most flags, the treasure holds to that side. So there are a bunch of vote cards, and each vote card has options for all three types of votes, attacks, mutinies, and brawls. And so when you do call for a vote, everyone involved in that vote plays a card face down, shuffles them up, and you reveal to see the result. With a brawl, you have the two flags, French and British. Whichever flag has the most, then both of the treasures on Tortuga will go to that side. If there's a tie, it will be split. With an attack, you have cannons and you have fire. If you have at least one cannon and one fire at the end of an attack um, reveal, you, that's a successful attack. However, there are water symbols, and if someone has a water symbol, it douses one fire symbol. The last one being a mutiny, you have uh, skull and crossbones and a ship's wheel. Whichever one has the most, the tie going to the ship's wheel, uh, will result in whether the captain is marooned or... Uh, whether he's mutinied, sorry, or whether he stays the captain. So you're playing this whole game, you're bluffing what you may be. Sometimes you might pretend to be British when you're actually French because you don't want, because you think the people on your ship are British. You're doing all this various things, working with the people on your ship, but trying to figure out who they are and what their end goal is and whether it meets your end goal. It's a brilliant, brilliant game that has a lot of fun strategic thinking um uh the type the word has escaped me for a moment not bluffing but like uh deduction there it's got a great 
deduction mechanism on it where you're really trying to figure out what the other player's goal is and what they are trying to do um and because you don't know what they are you can anybody can tell you they can say hey i'm french you know because i think you're french but there's no reason to trust them um yeah it's just got it's just a really really fun game about trusting the wrong people and uh trying to steal from the other team essentially the game ends after the spanish armada card is revealed so that's at the bottom of the of the event deck when it gets to the point where it joins one of the face down event cards you would shuffle all the event cards and then lay them five so if your team is currently winning you're just trying to pick cards as quickly as possible they may be bad for you but you're still trying to do that if your team isn't winning you're really trying to move the treasure onto your side really great game lots of fun um yeah great with five or more people i'd say it works with less than five uh, you can play two people but i think five or more is best and i like the odd number having a dutch player in there really changes it up and, and adds some uh, interesting uh, options so that's tortuga 1667 the next game that i have from them is deadwood 1876 Deadwood 1876 again is similar but there's no hidden roles so you always know who everybody is there's no teams exactly there are three locations on those three locations you and up to um two other cowboys will be fighting the other players to try and steal their safe everyone will have a safe in front of them uh, well everyone will have at least one safe in front of them possibly multiple and you're trying to steal the safes as they might have guns in them, they might have gold, various different things. At the end of all the rounds, you play through four total um, rounds. At the end of all the rounds, every location, and the people on that location are a temporary team, reveals their safes. The team that has the most gold they move on to the final showdown all the other teams are eliminated they're gone out of the game but that team moves on to the final showdown and what is then going to happen is everyone on that team is going to shoot each other so you're working with your team to try and uh, make it to the final showdown but if you are left defenseless in the final showdown then you're not going to win anyway so the way it works is on your turn you again you do one action and that action will involve playing a card every card has a gun on it and an action down the bottom you can choose to play the gun you either play it on someone to kick them out of your location or to swap places with them if they are on a separate location if you do that you play your gun which will have a die allocated to it they'll play a gun which will have a die allocated to it you roll those dice whoever has the more bullet holes on on their dice wins the showdown and you do whatever it says you kick them out of the location you swap places with them same thing happens if you are trying to steal one of their safes that you play a gun they play a gun but instead if you win you take their safe have a look at it and add it to your collection now you are going to be trying to get one of two things gold or guns and I explained how the guns work, and there, but some of the safes also have guns. And the way the 
guns in the safe work is during the final showdown, if you have a gun in one of your safes, you can roll that gun in addition to the cards you play. So you will always have an extra gun or maybe an extra two guns if you've got two guns in your safes during the final showdown, and that can be quite powerful. However, if you just focus on collecting guns and your team see that you're doing that, they'll possibly want to kick you out because you're not helping get them the gold. Or if they don't see you doing that and they're also collecting guns, you're not going to go on to the final showdown anyway because your team will have no gold. And so it's this balance around working with your teammates to get the most gold, but also trying to conspire behind their back to get the biggest, you know, biggest um, firepower so that you can just totally annihilate them when it comes to the final showdown. And it's this really great uh, push and pull thing of you're trying to help your team, but also help yourself. You've got to be selfish and also work with other people who aren't actually on your side in the end. It's a really great game. Again, plays two to nine players. All of these games play two to nine players. Um, depending on how many people you have, it's uh, it can be kind of 20 to 40 minutes. Again, it's best with five or more people, in my opinion. And with Deadwood, I think the more the better. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's odd or even numbered. Apparently, according to Board Game Geek, the best is six to seven, but I just say five for all of these games, five or more. So, yeah, Deadwood 1876, brilliant game. Again, nice and easy for families, uh, great for parties. Uh, and yeah, I highly recommend it. The last game I'm going to talk about is Bristol 1350. Bristol 1350, you will have three carts that are trying to escape Bristol, uh, which has been overrun with the plague, the Black Plague. What you'll have is you'll have symptom cards in your hands, and the symptom cards will have, well, symptoms on them, like a cough, a headache, etc., etc. Um, but they also have numbers on this. So the numbers range from 1 to 4. You will get dealt 2 at the start of the game. The 4s are excluded when you're dealing them. If you start with 6, you put them back in, shuffle and, and get new ones. Because throughout the game, if you ever get 6 or more in your symptoms, you have the plague. Not only do, not only do you have the plague, but you always will have the plague. Even if your cards reduce below 6, you still have the plague. So what will happen is you are racing the other cards out of the city. Start of each round, you roll uh, six dice. These six dice have different colors on them, one color for each of the three carts. And at the end of the round, your cart will move however many spaces that color rolled. So if three reds were rolled, then the red cart will move three spaces. So what you are trying to do, excuse me, what you are trying to do is you are trying to get your cart to move to the end first but not have anybody with the plague on your cart because if your cart exits while anybody on there has the plague everyone that cart gets the plague and dies so you can do various things on your turn you can do one of three actions or four actions if you're playing the special edition uh sorry the like uh increased 
edition, expert edition, I don't, I don't remember what the mode's called, but your three actions are you can roll two dice, you just choose any two dice and re-roll them. You can move your pawn, you have three different ways you can move your pawn, you can elbow to the front of your cart, you just elbow past the people in front of you, you can dash from the front of your cart to the back of the cart in front of you, or you can push. You can push people behind you on your cart off to the very back of the cart, or you can push yourself off to the very back of all the carts. You can do one of those three actions. After you've done the action, you play. May you may play. Um, oh, sorry. After moving, the other option was draw remedy cards. Remedy cards are action cards. After you've done a action, you may do an extra action by playing a remedy card and following the instructions on that card. Throughout the game, you will be jumping around from different cards, you'll be switching teammates, you'll be pushing people out, you'll be playing remedy cards to try and cure yourself or cure other people. Um, you are not trying to make anyone get the plague. That is something you could do in this game, but that's not what you're trying to do, unless they are going to get out before you, because then if they get out and they don't have the plague, you've lost anyway. So you are trying to not get anybody to get the plague, but to be the first person out. After a cart gets out, everyone on that cart immediately reveals their symptoms and whether they have ever had the plague. If no one has had the plague, congrats, everyone on that cart wins. If even one person has had the plague, everyone on that cart dies, and everyone else has one round left to try and get out with a healthy cart. Now, if they don't get out, if no one gets out within a round or only another, you know, plagued cart, then everyone who did have the plague wins but they explicitly say in the rules do not try to win by this victory it's a lame victory you're trying to win by getting out because it's much harder so the game is a great game you again you don't have teams your team literally is the people in the cart with you but you can't necessarily trust them they may have the plague and are just trying to you know ruin the game now that they've got the plague you have to really read people as to whether you trust that they have the plague you have to try and um you have to try and just yeah figure out what's going on there are the dice have the three colors but also symbols they've got apples and rats if at the end of a round a cart has two or more rats that card is going to mingle everyone's cards in their hand their symptoms cards go into a, a collection pile one gets added from the deck, that gets shuffled up, and everyone gets dealt two again. So if you had a one and a three, you're fine. You don't have the plague. But you have to put your card in. They get shuffled back, they get dealt back to you. Now you've got a three and a three. You now have the plague because you mingled with everyone else and someone gave you a three. You know, and, and now you've contracted the plague. And so it's really this strategic game. You're working with the other people in your cart, but then you might think they have the plague, so you've got to kick them out. And... um and really, really trying to just make sure no one on your cart has a plague. Again, these are all brilliant games. I'm, you know, None of them I was going to say, hey, this is a bad game, don't get it. They're brilliant games. Great for parties. This one, again, I think this one works better with lower player counts. As it not isn't best, I still think it's best five or more. But compared to Deadwood and Tortuga, this one works fine at four players. I've played it with four multiple times. It's great. There's even a solo mode for this. I haven't tried it. Not that interested in it as it is a party game. But it does have it if that's if you're interested in trying it. Uh, 
yeah, highly recommend all three of these games. Great party games. Uh, they add a bit more in depth than most party games. If you're looking for the weight, Bristol's easiest, then Tortuga, I would say, and then Deadwood. In my opinion, I know other people found Bristol quite a lot more complicated um, when we played it. So we had a board game night, which was all three of these games, and we got to play all three, which is quite fun. And I know some people found Bristol a little bit more complicated, but that was also because we were kind of rushing the explanation because we had to get it done um, before the time ran out, and I had to explain it multiple times, so I was just kind of skipping things as it went. But yeah, I would say Bristol's the easiest, then Tortuga, then Deadwood, but they're all brilliant games, and I would highly recommend just even just buying the whole lot. Just buying all of them. They are completely different games. They have their similarities and they feel the same, which is great. It's a bonus. But they are completely different games. It's not like you're going to, you know, have the same experience playing multiple. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I can say about those games. All three of them, as I said, designed by Travis Hancock, published by his own publishing house, Facade Games. They do have another game called Trophies, but that's not part of the Dark Series City series. Sarah Keel is a brilliant artist. Her character designs are awesome. These games look fantastic. Bristol and Tortuga have these um, neoprene mats. Deadwood has these great kind of wooden coaster type things. And they're all a lot of fun. Other than that, what I've got coming up is um, we've got some more, I mean, more episodes coming out. Uh, we'll be moving again, like I said, last episode to a fortnightly basis soon. Uh, coming up in a month's time will be the five-year anniversary of me starting Board Game Night, which is not connected to my Instagram or this podcast at all, but it is still exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to it. going to do something special, a bit different, and, and hopefully, like I said, I'll try and actually get some footage from Board Game Night to put up on the Instagram, as that'll be quite fun. Um, yeah, go check out the Onboard Olympics. You can check out everything I put up on my Instagram, at Dicebuyer. Um, you can check out my blog of Dice and Muffins. You can email me at dicebuyer at gmail.com. It's all in the description below. Don't forget to check out Game Kings if you want a really great game deal. And if you want an even better game deal on Game Kings, you can use the code DANLIKESGAMES. Until then, uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Goodbye.